When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. Uh, I may sound enthused, but really I am upset, as you all should be, and as John Fisher, my co-host, uh, inevitably is. Right, John? I am very bemused at the uh, subject that we talk about regularly on the Garden State of Hockey. Yes, unfortunately, we are tasked with the uh, unfortunate task of recapping and kind of going over the weekend Devils games and talking about what went well, what went poorly, blah, 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 going on around the team. I think that as someone who has watched this team pretty much my whole life, and I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast are in the same boat. This may have been the worst overall week of Devils hockey that I've ever seen in my life. And I only say this because not only did they find three creative ways to lose, but they were all heartbreaking in completely different fashions. I cannot believe that we started the week on an 8-1 loss, and that was maybe the least egregious loss all week. That's what we're talking about today as... I don't think there's much more to say about this Bruins 8-1 drubbing. In fact, the coaching staff didn't seem to have any answers. The players didn't seem to have any answers. It was just burn the tape and move on. And they were never in that game from the get-go. I'm actually going to disagree with that, Dan. Okay. They did tie it once. Sorry. Yeah. So (laughs) this game got off to a very poor start with Matt Grelzik scoring less than a minute into the game. Mm -hmm. Jack Hughes, the big deal himself, scores at an impossible angle or seemingly impossible angle to make it one-to-one Jake DeBrusque. Oh boy. Nico Dawes leaves a terrible rebound and nobody picked up Jake DeBrusque from the blue line. So DeBrusque easily got onto the big rebound and potted it home at two, one and Hey Dan, it's two to one. It's not 
a massive gap. It's okay. Yeah. Boston's been playing better and so forth, but it's still a one shot game. And then what followed Dan is something that even Ken Danico, Mr. Devil himself, Mr. Oh, well, you know, it's just a little, little bit of a problem. Like this man could describe anything as just, well, it's a little bit of a problem. He could be describing a World War II battle and just go, well, there's just a little bit of casualties out there, Kanj, but, you know, uh, that's just how things go. But, you know, go out there and get them next time. <laughs> you know, back in my day, Dan, you know, we had lots of battles on the ice, but not as bad as the Battle of the Bulge. You know, that's how he would do war reporting, I think. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of um, minimization. Even he declared the second period in Boston to be the worst second period of the devil season so far. And there have been some absolute doozies in the second period alone. Don't worry. Uh, They'd beat that in the next game. Maybe. Oh, well that happened in the third period, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know, but it's the worst, uh, one of the worst periods of the season for sure. Oh yeah. And absolutely. Dawes gets yanked. John Gillis comes in and gets destroyed immediately. We get to see Brad Marchand score twice. Uh, Go offside, score a third goal. They got everybody uh, excited. P.K. Subban decided to go yell at him about it. Obviously, the goal did not stand. It was, he was offside by like a mile. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, the, De- the Bruins hung six goals on the Devils in the second period, whereas the Devils took, let's see if I got the number right here, 10 shots on net. So at least the Devils outshot the number of goals they allowed in the second period to which they were, go- they were set to lose 8-1. to one, And by miracle and or by mercy one of the two, um, the scores held at eight to one. What a horrendous game for both goaltenders. What an absolutely awful performance by them. Truly, truly bad. It was a terrible performance by every devil, Mm -hmm. every devil. The goaltenders were bad. The defense was awful. Um, The forwards were awful. Yes, I know Jack Hughes scored a goal, but that's your, you know, that's, you know, like pouring a cup of water onto an inferno. So what? You scored once. Nice. You Mm -hmm. lost. You gave up eight. You know, the devil's offense was not there. The coaching staff, of course, was terrible. I'm even going to go as far as say, I think even the equipment guys didn't have that great of a game. I have no evidence for that, Dan, but, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not exaggerating when I say everybody involved with this game for the New Jersey side of things absolutely failed. You lose eight to one, eight to one. I understand, you know, the Devils have lost five, two and five, three in previous meetings against Boston. You know, the fact that they lost at Boston, you know, is one thing, but the fact that they lost this by just completely being doormats out there, it resembled preseason hockey at some point. And Dan, just to make things a little bit worse, just to add a little pinch of salt mm-hmm. to the amount of sodium that we are spreading about this game. Two facts about this game, Dan. Mm-hmm. This loss confirmed that the Devils lost all their road games in March, of which they were eight. So Horrible. they went over for eight, no points earned, no overtimes, no shootouts, all regulation losses on the road in March. And with the loss, the Devils have been mathematically eliminated from the postseason. Not even getting to April. It's an ine- it was an inevitability oh, pretty yeah, much yeah. around the time Jack Hughes got injured. I think uh, that's really when things started to go downhill. Um, mm. Maybe a little bit after that, probably when he got back. December. If I'm being honest, December. Um, it's like starting that game that he got back. From then on, they were atrocious. But yeah, December December killed that season. 
Yeah, so so that all being said, we knew this was coming. It was just a matter of eventually when it would happen. But it is depressing to get to April once again and be mathematically eliminated. So it's easy for a team that's been mathematically eliminated to play a little bit more loose, take more risks, and maybe surprise some people, catch some people off guard. And for the first two periods against the Florida Panthers, at the Rock, I must say, the Devils went up 6-2. to They were flying. They were dominating Florida in almost every aspect of play. Florida only had two goals from two defensemen uh, that eventually snuck in, but the Devils were all over the place. They were really attacking the puck while Hughes was being his Hughesy self. And then, in a 14-minute stretch to end the game, the Devils decided not only to not play that entire third period, but they blew a four-goal lead. There have been many embarrassing losses this season. This is by far the worst one. Now, the Florida Panthers are a really good team. They've had a lot of three-goal, four-goal mm-hmm. comebacks, but that doesn't excuse the team on the other side. That does not excuse no. the team on the other side not being able to lock down a game that you enter the third period down 6-2. to two. I have been someone who has been like, okay, maybe something's happening. Maybe they've been unlucky this whole time. I think, you know, the Washington games themselves showed me that um, – this coaching staff is not going to figure out what's wrong with this team. This is not the group going forward. This game has me wondering why any of them were allowed to leave the building with devil's gear on. Okay. I just don't get it. Dan, I made the decision to watch this game after it happened mm-hmm. because of uh, personal issues. Um, you know, I didn't see it live. I was not there in person for this uh, day. It was a, it was a day game, you know, lots of families in the arena, lots of kids. It was Nickelodeon day. You know, it, you know, there's a good feeling and, you know, you're watching Jaeger, Sharon Govich drop a hat trick, a hat trick, Dan. How if the Devils played three, ga- their last three games where a devil got a hat trick and lost every single right. one. The yes. second that that stat was said, you knew, you knew they would lose and they keep doing this. It's not their fault. It's not well, the broadcaster's it, 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 fault. No, it's not Steve Cangelosi's fault. No, it's not, not Steve's fault. It's not uh, Dano's fault. They have nothing to do with the impact of the game. But it speaks to a very extremely egregious problem that the Devils have, where they can have amazing individual performances, like a hat trick, which is so rare for them, and oh, yeah. still lose the last three times. Not only did you see an excellent game out of Sharon Govich, you got another goal out of Jack Hughes. You've got Yannick Kwakinen's return to the lineup. He played great. He looked like he was healthy, scores a goal, sets up Andreas Johnson, who also returned and scored a goal. And yeah, Radko Gudas probably should have been challenged. His goal should have been challenged for goalie interference, but it was a weird carom. And hey, you're up six to two. What makes it matter? What makes that worse, Dan? That not only did the Devils blow this lead, they gave up two quick goals to Brandon Montour and Gustav Forsling to make it six to four. And then a Carter Vergehi goal gets taken off the board because his stick was too high. Which is and then a timeout's called. Wait, no, then. No, 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 no. Timeout no, it wasn't. Later. It no. wasn't, though. <laughs> no. See, that's the thing. Okay. Florida starts getting everybody to feel nervous. It's six to four. But hey, it's six to four. You got less than 10 minutes of hockey to play. Do we see that, you know, you get bailed out by a goal being taken off the board because of a high stick that among anything else should have been your wake up call to say, all right, guys, we need to do something because in that period, Dan, the shots were 23 to five in favor of Florida, Mm -hmm. Florida dominated this period 
like few other teams have done to the Devils, even in that 8-1 game against Boston. Yep. I mean, the Florida Panthers did everything they could to try to make a four-goal comeback, and thanks to Andrew Hammond, who made his return from injury because Tom Fitzgerald, of course, said, hey, I got us a goalie, and he's injured, but you're, so you're going to have to wait. Um, you know, he's getting beaten short side repeatedly. Those and last of course, two goals were so bad, John. They, they were, were bad so goals. Bad. Nobody's covering Alexander Barkov, literally one of the best <sighs> players on the Panthers. Nobody's covering Jonathan Huberdo, who has over 70 assists this season. So, you know, obviously nobody else is covering Huberdo. But the point is, is that this is a team that needed to keep the Panthers something resembling honest with some offense, tilt the ice back a little bit. Or at least cover your damn man. Nobody did this. And then Barkov makes it six to five legitimately with uh, less than five minutes to go. Still, you know, and of course, technically Florida pulled their goalie for that. So it was a six on five. But still, nevertheless, cover the man, you know, cover the guy with over 30 goals on the ice and then do it again at 1836. Nope, not going to do that. And, you know, the Devils were left the ice with a course of disapproval, which I think is nice. Um, I'm surprised people weren't throwing things on the ice in disgust. And maybe they were going to after Gustav Forsling finishes the game at seven to six. Pathetic. Absolutely catastrophic. This, you know, the sad thing is that after the game, yeah. um, I, I can't remember if it was Brandon Montour for, or if this was Barkov or somebody else in the Panthers. They said something to the effect of, you know, after that second period, we realized guys, we need to turn it up here. We we're skating through a fog. We got to, we got to go out there and at least try to make a game of it. And that's the difference between a team like Florida and a team like New Jersey, not just in terms of talent, but in terms of mentality, in terms of how prepared they can be and how motivated they could be. Cause Florida, you know, Florida d- didn't need this game necessarily. They're, they're all but locked into winning the Atlantic division. You know, it's not like they needed the win in New Jersey to clinch a playoff spot, but this is a level of professionalism and personal pride that, uh, you know, they've done the incredibly unlikely of scoring four goals in eight, you know, a little over 18 minutes to tie up a game. The Devils, what was, what the hell was their second intermission speech? Guys were up by four, so just chill, you know? Just I mean, think, it, about, think about that early dinner, that early, uh, you know, at, nine at, at this the buffet. Point, like, what, what the hell was the convo happening back there? Like, at, the, at this point, it's hard to imagine that this team isn't just going to be just shocked that they're leading a game. That's how they behave. They behave like they're just so surprised to be leading any sort of game for an extended period of time. And in fact, you know, when it is an extended period of time, that's more surprising to us because usually when they have a lead, they surrender it in about 10 seconds. They usually just give up a goal or three in bunches. The second they take a lead, they take a two goal lead. You know, that's going to evaporate by the end of the next period. They almost look like they're surprised to be in positions to win games. That is a tremendous, tremendous failure of the coaching staff. You need to teach your team that winning games is done in certain ways. And if you've been in the NHL, as long as you have, I'm sorry, you are not doing your job. You are just not teaching them anything. You have right. not told them how to win games. You have not told them how to close out a game. You have not told them how to readjust after giving up a goal. You take timeouts at completely inappropriate times. Nothing that is done here is making sense anymore. Nope. And the team is showing as much. The team yep. has quit on the season. That was evident oh, in the Islanders game. Oh, yes. And I'm thank that good segue. I was about to say that uh, 
on the on the surface, it doesn't look like a 4-3 loss to the Islanders is nearly as bad, but it sure as hell wasn't good. And you're absolutely right, Dan. This is a this is a coaching staff who I'm sure the players like them. I'm sure they think they're bros. You know, the relationship's good, but they're completely ineffectual. And yes, as much as we've been going on about how the Devils are a young team and all this and that, I'm sorry. A number of these guys have played hockey long enough, whether at the junior level, the college level, the AHL level, Europe, that they should know how to handle game situations like this. And guys like Subban, Hamilton, Severson, uh, Miles Wood did not play in this game, uh, but uh, you know you had you know Johnson, Tatar, guys who've been in the league for quite a bit of time. In addition to young, quote unquote young guys who've been in the league for a while, like Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, you know this is not their first rodeo. They shouldn't, you know, somebody should have, you know, done something different. And we saw a little bit of that difference in the Islanders game, but it was reversed in the sense that that was more of an effort of it being too little too late. Mm-hmm. Another, another common thing that we have seen this season. So Dan. Can I just give some caveats about the Islanders game that make it more infuriating a little bit? You know what? Yeah, yeah. I was about to say there's a fun fact about this game, Dan. There's two fun facts. Oh, there's some. Okay, give us some two two fun facts. The at least the two I had in mind was the fact that this was Corey Schneider's first win in the NHL since he was a New Jersey Devil. Uh, That was Mm. two years ago, uh, in 2020. And also, the game-winning goal was scored by none other than Kyle Palmieri on a shot that should not go in in a million years. Not from that angle, not with that vision of it. There is no chance that shot should go in. I'm sorry, but I'm not really that sorry. Right. Nico Dawes got the start in this one, which, by the way, not to go back to the Florida game, but it begs the question. Andrew Hammond gives up, you know, it's 6-4. He gives up a bad goal. He gets beaten by... Uh, a high deflection was taken off the board. No thought to changing the goalies. Uh, Cause I guess now is the time to, you know, give Dawes rest instead of going back to back, like they did literally the prior weekend, but he got the start in this one. And you're absolutely right. That was not a good goal to allow. It turned out to be the eventual game winner. Um, I know many of the people who matter were mad at Ty Smith on the play. Cause he was in front of Paul Mary, but if you really want to blame somebody blame Ryan Graves for his awful uh, stretch pass attempt, they got picked off and led to, that goal i mean ty Uh, smith has been horrendous these three games he didn't i don't think he did he play in each one because he was terrible yes he does he was visibly terrible well lots of guys have been visibly terrible Uh, but he's been terrible all year at least the other guys have had stretches where they were good right but you wouldn't have known it from this game as the devils were done in by jean gabriel pajot nobody was covering him for his uh second or third goals of the day that's right the Islanders dropped a hat trick on the Devils and uh, Schneider, him to his credit, played quite well. Um, this wasn't a case of like, haha, Devils, we're going to play Corey Schneider against you because we can. Um, Ilya Sorokin is still nursing an injury since Simon Var, they wanted to keep Simon Var, Var, Simon Varlamov um, somewhat fresh. And Schneider has been legitimately good at the AHL level. So, you know, I think it was more happenstance that he got the game, but he played well. Uh, and, you know, despite Nico Heischer doing his damnedest to try to get something going on offense, you know, the Devils just struggled to break down a well-structured, well-coached Islanders team who who their season has been done in by just not scoring a lot of goals. Uh, but that wasn't the case on Saturday. I'm sorry, on Sunday, uh, Pajot tapped in two goals at the crease. 
Um, the vaunted low HDCA defense of the Devils got blown up on those plays. Jesper Boakvist uh, tips in a shot to make it uh, 3-1. Thomas Tatar gives them some life at 3-2, but the push from the Devils wasn't nearly enough. Palmieri scores his insurance goal with the uh, Dawes pulled for the extra skater. Nico Heischer bangs in, a sh- uh, bangs in a shot that he's been trying to get in so many times that afternoon, finally did to make it 4-3. But, of course, that none of that is any of the story of this game, Dan. Oh, my God. As if it couldn't get worse. You know, that loss is got worse. more embarrassing than the Florida loss or the Boston loss. No. But it is more consequential, potentially, as Jack Hughes took a hit from Oliver Wallstrom, which I think in the context of seeing it live, it, it looked clean to me. It was just he fell awkwardly and he might have right. turned into the hit a little bit. I, I don't <laughs> think there was any malintent there, to be honest with you. After having right. watched it a few times, it was just... Yet another unfortunate circumstance for Jack Hughes, just like the first hit that made him miss a month. Um, Hopefully this is less egregious than that injury, but it did not look good. He tried to come out and skate on it. Couldn't make it through the next shift. He's not practicing today. He's not playing in tonight's game against our hated rivals. And really, if you had any sort of reason to watch this team, it was him. It was Jesper Bratt, and that was it. And now it's not. No, and on top of that, Wallstrom... You know, on the slow-mo, it looked, I think, Darren Pang on TNT, because this was the one game the Devils had on TNT this season. So TNT got to uh, do this game. And Darren Pang called it a thigh-on-thigh hit, which I think is probably more appropriate. I mean, if you slow it down, you could argue Wallstrom got his knee out, but that's like... Yeah, I don't know. It's thin. That you have to, if you have to watch it in such a slow motion, you know, it's not, you know, I don't think... It's, it's hard really to argue intent if you have to really go right. to the micro frame to break it down. Exactly. And this was already a bad um, break for the Devils because Nathan Bastion left the game earlier to due to an apparent um, injury to his arm. At mm-hmm. least I think it was his arm. So the Devils were down to 10 forwards. Uh, and actually they were down to five defensemen because uh, after Wallstrom hit uh, Hughes, P.K. Subban decided to go ham on this guy. Um, he gets a five for fighting. He gets two for the instigator. He gets a misconduct and an aggressor penalty. So he was actually thrown out of the game, uh-huh. which I thought was a little egregious. I mean, we've seen bigger brawls, bigger attempts at uh, fighting over clean hits, uh-huh. only get the five, you know, only get 17 minutes, two, five, and a 10. Um, not a total ejection, but I guess they figured Subban was extra hot about it and given it, it's a rival, you know, it's an interdivision game. Um, yeah, sure. Let's go with that's why. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you know, as much as people have given Subban a lot of stick this season, you know, I think it was apparent the Devils missed having him on the ice, knowing that Hamilton didn't have a good game. Siegenthaler had a terrible game against the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrible. Um, and then Smith isn't having a good season. So, on, so, you know, going down to five defensemen definitely didn't help the cause here. I don't think anyone's mad at Subban for doing that i think if anything some of the fans that were crying and whining about a lack of toughness on the team must have loved that i'm sure dano uh if if he was calling this game he would have been all like oh that's a great thing you love to see it you know i'm willing to take those minutes i was pumped up there cans you know i throw out there do a little bit of the violence but that's what you need out there when your big guy gets hit you know yeah yada 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 um so so despite that you know, the shortened bench, the fact that, you know, the Islanders didn't run away with this game is a credit, I guess, to a point to the Devils. But again, um, 
you know, the first two periods were pretty much all, you know, mostly Islanders hockey. They built up a big lead that at no point did I think the Devils were going to come back from it. And lo and behold, they didn't. Um, you know, after the game, Lindy Ruff said, oh, you know, we skated well in the third period. We did better puck management. It looked like we were throwing ourselves a little pity party in the first period, to which I'm wondering, well, gee, Ruff, why would they be throwing a pity party? Maybe, maybe, maybe your post-game comments after the Florida debacle weren't good enough. <laughs> yeah, it I was mean, not. It was not. There are no answers. There's no answers for anything. Right. So, Dan, these three losses have brought, you know, I've got another bad fact for you. So so since we post this on All About the Jersey, I want to point out that uh, back on January 24th, I wrote a post pleading to the Devils to not tank the season. Uh Uh-huh. Since that (laughs) post, the Devils have went 9, 19, and 1. The worst record in hockey. That's a worse points percentage than even Seattle, Detroit, you know, Ottawa. Like the Devils were the dead worst. I'm almost convinced at this point the Devils have at some point have decided to just tank this season because you lose eight to one literally after Ruff goes on about how we're treating it like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So unless he unless he decided to turn the Devils into the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, I can't believe that the Florida debacle speaks for itself where the Devils saw this meltdown in almost in slow-mo and the coaches are just standing there behind the bench going, we've run out of, we've got nothing and we've run out of ideas and did nothing at, you know, to do anything about it. And then you have this Islanders game where the Devils are basically against, you know, skating through a fog. I get it. They played the game before. Um, and they, they try their best in the third period to make up for the sins that they committed in the first two periods and wasn't good enough. And now you don't have Hughes. You don't have Bastion. Dawes is very much a 21-year-old rookie who was drafted in the middle of his draft year. John Gillis is bad. Andrew Hammond was bad in his debut as a devil. It's almost as if the Devils are just going, yeah, this season's lost anyway. Who needs wins? And with the schedule coming up, Dan, there is a possibility the Devils could end up in 32nd place, Dan. Well, you know Would you what? Would like me telling you the schedule coming up? Oh, yeah. Let's do that first because, honestly, I, they deserve 32nd place. Oh, yeah. With the way they've been playing, they're, they're, they're on their way. It's going to be tough. Because I wouldn't have said is... that before this week, too. No, I think exactly. this week is the nail in the coffin of, well, if you're going to be bad, just be the worst because you need to do something. So if we want to become Oilers East, we need another number one overall. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, again, I have to emphasize that that's going to be a bit of a challenge. You know, right now, uh, last place right now is a uh, tie in points between Montreal and Arizona with 49. The Devils currently have 54 as of this recording. Oh, my God. Um, So the Devils are just five points ahead of these guys. The Devils do have a game in hand on Arizona. So, like I said, it's unlikely but possible because tonight the Devils play our hated rivals. I have no reason to believe we're going to see another 7-4 glorious beatdown of our hated rivals i'm actually going to this game dan and i'm expecting the worst i am expecting uh michael mcclaude to get hard match against mika zabanajad and take it to school for 60 minutes i'm expecting three shorthanded goals against i'm expecting 30 shots allowed in a period i'm expecting something stupid you know just to add to the embarrassment of the season Mm -hmm. because that's how low my confidence is right now with the New Jersey Devils. After tonight's game against our hated rivals, they will play Montreal, a potential four-point swing 
at the at the race to the bottom. Remember, the last time the Montreal Canadiens were at the Rock, which was just last Sunday, um, in March, the Devils blew the two one lead in the final <laughs> minute of the game. Needed a double post shot to be reviewed to take a Mike Hoffman overtime winner off the board, and then a seven round shootout. Yes, the Devils won a shootout, but it still was a shootout. That's how the Devils beat Montreal. So. Again, that's their best chance at a win because after the Montreal game, the Devils go on a five-game road trip. They have not won a road game since February. Uh, they get to go to Dallas on Saturday. Dallas has a wild card spot to play for, so you can might as well pencil in an L for that one. Then we get the another battle for the bottom with Devils at Arizona on a Tuesday night. I'm sure the ratings for that will be great. Uh, Thursday night on the 14th, the Devils will go visit Colorado. You know, yes, the Devils have beaten Colorado earlier this season, but Colorado is really good and the Devils are not. So my hopes are still low for that one. And then another battle for the bottom in the Devils visiting Seattle on the 16th before they go end their trip in Las Vegas on the 18th against a Las Vegas team that's fighting for its playoff life right now. That's where we're at, Dan. If the Devils lose in regulation of Montreal, Arizona, and Seattle, that door to fall fall below them because Seattle, Montreal, and Arizona are, are the only teams the Devils are ahead of in the standings right now. Um, yeah, it's entirely possible if Seattle, Montreal, and Arizona go on a little heater, get a couple W's on top of their wins over the Devils, that we could see this Devils team fall right to the bottom. Fine. That's where we're at. I, I don't care anymore. It's fine. Like, honestly, Hughes isn't playing. What is there left to watch for on this team that clearly does not care anymore? Clearly. It's, it's yeah. a, you know, you said it yourself. I think you made a great point when you said that Ruff talked about this stretch of games being a measuring stick for the Devils, being their playoffs, because they're not going to make the actual playoffs. Okay, yeah. we knew that would happen, and then we knew that was a possibility going into this season, but we did not expect this level of distance from any sort of contention. This is... Yeah. This is disgusting. This is uh, an effort put forward by a team that is, you used a word earlier. I want you to kind of repeat what word you used for this. Catastrophe. This is a catastrophe. And for me, it's a disaster. So combined, John, we get a week that's a disastrophe. Right. It is so something that is so bad. I had to portmanteau a new word for it. And I'm sure it's been used before. But my God, this was, wow. I cannot remember, like, in two consecutive seasons, I would say there's been the worst weeks of devil's hockey week one being when they lost four straight times against the Rangers and week two being whatever they manifested this week. So I would like to offer some alternatives to the people who matter. If mm -hmm. they want to see some winning hockey or some more competitive hockey, I should say, I have some options for you. Uh, first and foremost, for those of you who have AHL TV, uh, the Utica Comets are looking to secure a playoff spot in the very near future. I don't think they're quite there yet, but they're very close. Uh, they play, um, they host Belleville tomorrow. And then on Friday, they play, they go to Belleville to play the uh, Senators. And then on Saturday afternoon, Utica will be visiting Laval. So you got three games right there. You know, we could see some W's. You can enjoy watching uh, Fabian Zetterloon, AJ Greer, um, Akira Schmid actually playing well. You know, there's a lot of good things in Utica right now, so you can do that. Alternatively, you can watch some college hockey. Uh, Luke Hughes and the Michigan Wolverines are in the Frozen Four in one of the more uh, stacked Frozen Fours in recent memory. 
Uh, all four teams are great teams this year in college. Uh, Michigan is playing Denver in the first semifinal on five at that's at 5 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time on April 7th mm-hmm. on ESPN2. So you can technically watch that before the Devils host Montreal in a game, uh, a game to uh, forget. And there are only the sec- losers in that game. No I'm matter sure who we, wins, well, we're th- all well, losers. Th- well, thanks to the legalization of sports betting, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other action to pay attention. Those to are game. opportunists. They're still losers. Well, in any case, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're not big fans of uh, throwing money at sports games. Anyway, well, the I other mean, game... I am, but just not this one. Please save right. your money for a game that's worth it. Well, the other game, if you don't want to watch the Montreal game and want to wait a little bit, you can watch Minnesota State take on Minnesota at 8.30 p.m. in the other semifinal. Mm-hmm. And the championships will be held on April 9th on ESPN2 at 8 p.m. So you can watch that after the Devils probably lose the Dallas uh, this Saturday. So good luck to Luke Hughes and the Michigan Wolverines. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go on the record to say that whoever makes it to the finals will fully earn it again, Michigan, Denver, Minnesota state, Minnesota are among the best college teams this year. So there's not going to be a case of like, Oh, this, this team's on a Cinderella run and they don't really belong here. No, no. Whoever wins the championship, uh, you know, the frozen four, they have fully earned it. Cause they're going to have to go through at least two killers to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of good hockey being played by people affiliated with the organization in New Jersey, but certainly not any played by the people that are actually playing for that organization in New Jersey. Um, But, you know, it could always be a more horrible nightmare as they take on our hated rivals tonight. Hopefully it's not. Usually when they come into this kind of game, they weirdly perform well, despite all the circumstances saying they should not. But I'm I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Um, no. But that being said, we, we have just so few games to go. And I'm I'm sorry that everyone has to go through this with us, but it is what it is. And that's hopefully that leads to change. I mean, we've been holding out for so long now that it, it's hard to believe in any sort of plan when you get weeks like the one we just saw. So uh, our plan is to keep bringing you episodes until the summer hits and probably through the playoffs as well. I'm not positive about that one. I don't want to make any sort of promises we're not going to keep, but we will at least check in throughout the NHL playoffs. And as the off season gets going for the New Jersey devils, as they try to improve this absolute disaster that all being said, uh, John, anything we missed for today? Well, this is literally uh, under the wire here, but there's a uh, pic, an Instagram photo of Jesper Rett and his agent talking with the devils right now. Ooh, well, if there's any good nothing news has that been comes decided. out of this week, nothing has, been, nothing has been announced, just he's chatting with his agent. Yeah, but I'll listen, that. that's, will... that's promising. <laughs> we like that. Let's do more of that. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully we look ahead to a brighter future that involves a lot more of number 63. But until the next episode, thank you all again for listening. Have a good rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. Oh yeah, and let's go Devils, I guess.